Good evening, my renegades. Welcome back to Rogue Radio. My name is Sarah Jane, and today we have a Rogue Radio renegade story today. It's been a while, but we are here. So if you have any comments, questions, or concerns, feel free to contact me on the links below. And please welcome Tim. Thank you, Sarah. It's an honor and a privilege to be here with you today. I am excited to be able to share a little bit of what God has put in my heart. I'm going to have to just hit the highlights because it's way too much for this little time that we have. So I, I want to just kind of talk to some folks out there that are hungry for Jesus. I, I, I don't know how to, how to say that any differently. If you have a hunger or a thirst for the truth of God's word, because when I was a very young boy, I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I felt him come into my life that day. I knew he came in. I knew I had met Jesus. And I, I feel in my spirit somehow that so many of us went to church and we thought we met Jesus when we really just met religion. And it was harsh. It was ugly. It was mean to us. It pushed us out. It pushed us around. It told us we had to live this way and had to live that way. But Jesus would never treat you like that. Jesus would never tell you you don't count. Jesus would never tell you. When I was a young child and accepted Jesus, he came into my life and I didn't know what it meant to live for Jesus. I didn't know what it felt like to be full of his glory and his presence. I felt good all over. But you know, the first obstacle I ran into after I met Jesus was my very own dad. He told me, you can't meet Jesus like that. I was devastated. That broke my heart. I was hurt. I had run into religion and didn't even make it to the church yet. But my dad was religious. And he told me, you can't meet Jesus like that. And it hurt me. Why? Because it was my dad. I looked up to him. I, 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 he was my hero, my daddy. Come on, somebody. This, this is how we, as God's children, get hurt so badly and walk away from God because we get hurt by messengers that don't know the message. Mm. And we thank you, God, that you did hold on to us anyhow. And I want to reach out to those of you that have been hurt this way by somebody that stepped between you and your salvation and said it don't work like that. See, this is why the Bible teaches us to seek out our own salvation with fear and trembling, which is what I started doing. And as I grew and I continued to grow in God, so many obstacles came my way so many situations. So, you know, age, I mean, I was a very young boy when I first accepted Jesus and I hit into my teens and, and my latter teens and man, things just took different turns. Teens went different ways and I, stuff just went wrong. I got thrown out of my own house because I, I didn't act like the rest of them. I, didn't, I couldn't line up with the rest of it. I got thrown out. So, and I know so many of you out there have been thrown out of your homes and been mistreated and abused even by your own parents. Uh, come on, this this, this uh, segment that we're talking today, I'm going to try to cover just a whole lot of things because of the, of the vast amount of people that are hurting. Some of you have been sexually abused in your home and you run away, you left, you couldn't take it no more. And I just want you to know, I was one of those that was sexually abused in my home. I, I didn't know what to do about it. I didn't know how to answer. This was a place where I was supposed to be safe. 
This is a place where I was supposed to be able to be me, just be alive and enjoy life and be safe in my home. But I wasn't safe in my home. And I know so many of you are not either. I, I know some of the pain, I feel your pain. And I want you to know today that there are those of us that are out there that know and feel the pain you're going through. God has placed us in strategic places today to be able to reach out to you, to be able to say, hey, come around, come around. We can help. We want to help. We love you. And we want to introduce you to the real true Jesus, the one that does love you, the one that will never abuse you, the one that will never tell you you don't count and that you're not important. We want to introduce you to him, not religion that says you have to do this, 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 and the other. Amen. And so with that, with that being said, my my testimony is way too long for this podcast. <laughs> and so okay. th- that was just a very small beginning part of my testimony when I first met Jesus. My, my dad literally told me, he said, you can't meet Jesus in that church. I was like, what? Really? You mean there's specific places where you have to be to meet Jesus? My dad was a controlling type. As so many of you know, you have parents like that that would try to control you. We, we have a government like that. Okay, we don't want to go there. <laughs> <laughs> With that, I think it's time for a break. And so we are back. <laughs> Amen. But let's let's just continue and go ahead a little bit here. Once uh, the, my my biggest the biggest cry of my heart for today's world is I want to introduce you to a true loving Jesus. It's so important. My my testimony did start the day I was born. Almost I. Uh, the day I was born, I got up on my hands and knees up on the dryer where my dad had set me to get a towel to dry me off. And when they turned back around and looked, I was on my hands and knees. And they were like, whoo, a newborn baby on his hands and knees. So it was from almost day one that my dad didn't like me too well because he saw the strength that was in me. And I, I, wasn't, I wasn't intending to share that today, but it just kind of came out. Nevertheless, when I met Jesus, same dad told me, you can't meet him there. That hurt. But I did meet him there, and I knew I did. See, when you truly meet Jesus, nobody can talk you out of it. When you just meet religion, anybody and everybody can talk you out of it. Hey, come on, somebody. You need to hear that right there. When you really meet Jesus, nobody can talk you out of it. But when you meet religion, everybody can talk you out of that because that's ugly. Nevertheless, as I went through life growing up, God was always with me, even when I wasn't walking with him. I met him that day, but I didn't know how to walk with him. My family wasn't teaching me how. I didn't have a church that I was going to at the time too often because of the church I got saved at was way far away from where I lived. And and then I was told I couldn't get saved at that church. And so it was just, it was so difficult and hard. And finally I get thrown out of the home and I'm I'm on the street and I, I lived on the street for quite a few years. 
uh, it was, you know, interesting. As you learn how to stay warm, you learn how to eat, you learn how to take care of yourself, you learn how to clothe yourself, and sometimes not in the best of ways, but nevertheless, you still do what you have to do to survive. We all have a spirit of survival on the inside of us. Mm-hmm. I wonder who gave that to us, my Lord. Anyhow, the enemy knows your calling even as you are a child. He knows that you have that God has a plan for your life and he's going to do his best to take you out before you can fulfill that destiny. God called me to the to the Navajo Nation. And as I grew and, and went to churches, I, I tried to get pastors to help me get there to the Navajo people. They, they, no, no pastor would help me. No pastor. The, the last pastor I had before I finally went on my own, he said, well, I don't have anything going on out there. I was like, well, I just asked you. You, have, you certainly have the money to help me get there. But see, it wasn't his interest. These so many churches are do my thing, not God's thing. Do what I want you to do. We're not, not we're not, we, what, you know, and they, they, they play like they want you to listen to God, but they think they're God. They think they have become your God. And so if you don't listen to them, you're not listening to God. But I come to tell you, the devil's a liar. God spoke to my wife and I and said, go to the Navajo people. Told us we were going to the Navajo people. We're like, okay, God show us how to get there. <laughs> and he did. He opened that door for us and we went to the Navajo Nation. We went to a little place called Waterflow, New Mexico. There was a small town between me and the and Shiprock, which is the Navajo Nation. And uh, the small town was named Hogback. And uh, yeah, there you could say a lot about that. But nevertheless, there, there was the, the principalities and powers of that area were unbelievably strongholds that you, you hear people talk about, but you don't know the reality of it until you've been there. And so I come, I came there, you know, Superman preacher. I've been through cemetery. I did. I, well, no, I take that back. I did not go through cemetery. I mean, seminary. <laughs> just a joke. Just a joke. I didn't go through cemetery, but I did study and get my license and all that through the Assemblies of God Church. And then I moved over to the Church of God. And uh, uh, so many times between here and there, the enemy tried to kill me and destroy me. But the reason I jumped ahead to the time of the Navajo Nation, because here's where Satan thought he had me. He thought, I'm finally going to get rid of this guy. Because, you know, I did. I went out there, a white preacher full of zeal, full of power, you know, full of all the energy, full of every, full of everything, you know, just full of it. And, and so I'm going to get reach this Navajo people for the Lord. I'm going to transform their lives. I'm going to see God move in mighty, powerful ways. Uh, let me tell you something. When you go out to the Navajo reservation, you just might want to know your God a little bit better than what you think you know your message because they are a different people. They are a very different people. They have a, a, a tradition that is very satanic. You say, well, preacher, you can't say that out loud. That's not politically correct. Well, I'm not trying to be politically correct. Don't care if I hurt Satan's feelings. They, that's, that's, the sta that's the ground I stand on. That's what makes me so different from so many other preachers. They're all trying to be politically correct. I come to be Bible correct, Jesus correct, godly correct. Hey, biblically correct. Amen. I do not play politically correct because the devil's telling those lies all day, every day. If you need a, a politically correct uh, a wit, witness from, from somebody, you need to go to a freak that don't know God. 
because they will be politically correct. They will tell you all that fun. You need to edit that out. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, no, I, I have to be Bible correct. I cannot, I cannot tell you that living for Satan and and coming to church on Sunday that you're going to make it to heaven. The devil's a lie. That's not going to happen. You cannot do it. You have to live for God according to God's word if you want to come to heaven. I have, they, they have rituals in their and their uh, tradition where whenever one of them dies, they, they do these rituals that they do and they, they even send their horse to heaven with them so they can ride their favorite horse. I couldn't find that in the Bible. I did look for it. Well, you know, being a good Christian man that I am, trying to appease the people best I could, I was looking for where you can take your horse to heaven with you. It's just not in there. Amen. Nevertheless, it is a crazy, it is very, very crazy because you go out there thinking you're on, you're on fire for God and you're going to turn this nation around for the kingdom. You better think again. Only God can turn that nation around. Only God. But let me tell you what I finally did do on the Navajo reservation, I planted a lot of seed. I planted a lot of seed. I saw people healed by the graces of Almighty God. I saw a few come out of tradition and accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I I saw God's hand powerfully and then COVID hit. It struck the church, it struck our people. The Navajo Nation was hit hard by COVID. It was hit hard, but people in our church survived it. Most at first, nobody got it. And then some after the fact, later on, got it. We prayed for them and they survived it. Amen. There was a couple that left the church, talked about us behind our back and made fun of us, got COVID and didn't make it. Oh, Jesus. Come on, y'all. I'm trying to tell you. There's a true, awesome living for God. You cannot pretend to love for God, live for God on one hand and make fun of the preacher on the other hand and think you're going to get to heaven and get God's favor on your life. That's not going to happen. And we live in a country and a world today where we are halfway in. We've got one foot in the gospel and we've got the other foot buried in sin and thinking we're all going to heaven. Come on, every time someone's go, I've been to 100,000 funerals that weren't church related and they all said he went on to be with the father. They're all in heaven. No, they're not. They didn't go to heaven. But that's not politically correct. Hmm. How did, how did everybody goes to heaven that dies become politically correct? When you didn't live for God, you never met Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You never spent one hour on your knees in prayer. Oh, you died, and now you went to heaven. Hmm. The devil's a liar. I want you to know that. You have to know that. Unless she completely edits all this out, you will know that if you hear this. Amen. But see, living for Jesus is very simple. People may get complicated. Living for Jesus is the simplest thing you'll ever do. Well, the world even taught you how to. Just say no to ugly and say yes to good. Right? Isn't that what the world teach you? Say no to crack. <laughs> say no to drugs, right? Say no to alcohol. Tell alcohol it's not going to control your life no more. Okay. Did you learn how to say no? Yes, you all did learn how to say no, but then you started saying no to Jesus. And that's where you made your mistake. You have to say yes to what's good. And the world's idea of what's good and what what the Jesus said is good is two different things. You have to say yes to the goodness of God. But see, Satan thought he had me. Back to my testimony. He thought he had me out there because, see, their tradition also is involved in a lot of witchcraft. A 
lot of witchcraft. They have medicine men. They have skin doctors, skin skinwalkers. They have they have uh, uh, witch doctors that they they practice serious witchcraft. And whenever you don't do what they, if you're bothering them and hindering them, they will conjure up all kinds of witchcraft against you. They will pass spells on you. They will they would yeah. If you if you don't know about this, I, I know I hear somebody laughing right now. <laughs> you really believe that stuff, preacher? I lived it, Mister. I said I lived it. And you think it's that funny? You going out there? Go on out there, and see what what what, what happened for you. Amen. Go on, go on, go on out there with your bad self. Go on. I, no, I don't dare you. I think you're an idiot if you do. <laughs> I, I don't double dare nobody. See, that's games the world's plays. I tell you, if you don't take Jesus and the blood with you, you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. Because they will cast spells on you, and their spells will work against you if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So I'm going to tell you what happened to me. This, this part of the testimony is what I want you to understand and hear. I was saved when I got there. I had already met Jesus. I was filled with the Holy Spirit when I got there. I'd been filled by His precious Spirit. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I, I was on fire for God. I had been living for God. I had already been pastoring for years before I went out there. I, I'd already had my feet wet. I was already drying up behind the ears. I was already I was into it already. And I still went out there full of zeal thinking I was going to turn the world around. <laughs> because that's what we preachers do. We, we just, we just full of it. We're going to go out there. We're going to, boy, we're going to see God move away. I wound up planting a lot of seed. I wound up shutting down a lot of demon possessed witchcraft that came against me. I wit that I was a witness to the people that lived there, that their demonic attacks against me didn't work. When they saw it not work against me, it helped them to see that they could live for the same Jesus that I preach and it not work against them too. Amen. This is the seed that I was able to plant. But even, even them seeing this, it was very slow going, very hard, because they live in the midst of the skinwalkers. They live in the midst of the witch doctors. They live in the midst of all the witchcraft. They have seen family loved ones die and get killed and get destroyed and hurt and burned out and all the different things that that demonic stuff does. They've lived it and they know what it feels like. They, but they, the few that watched them try to put those spells on me and watched them fail, they came out. They came out because they saw, because no, 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 no. Their witchcraft works better on white folks than it does their own. Because you think it's funny and cute, you don't you don't believe it. it they'll get you with it. They'll get you with it. Oh yeah, the, those of, those of their own kind believe, and it does. It gets them too. And they, they they know this stuff works. You will too if you go out there and try to get silly. Uh huh. And so I want to tell you, I proved to the people that the demonic force was weak under the name of Jesus. Had no power next to the name of Jesus. Had no power. Now, I'll just let you know, the witch doctors finally came to church because they wanted to put a stop to this silly white preacher that was messing up their people. This is, this is my testimony, y'all. I went there. I'm there in the church. Navajos, that's all there was in church, but Navajos. And the medicine men, witch doctors showed up one day, and I called them out. I just called them out. I'm right there. I'm, I'm, I'm standing there. 
you know, just me and my flesh and blood and my Jesus. Come on, somebody. I, I See, I don't go to church without Jesus. I don't go to church with my own personal agenda. I never go stand before God's people with myself saying, I'm going to teach these people what I think they need to know. Oh, no, I'm not. I go to church saying, okay, God, what do you want me to do today? And when they showed up, God said, I want you to call them out. I said, are you sure, God? You don't, you don't really want me to call them out. Do you? God, you know we don't do you know not supposed to do that. God, that's not politically correct. <laughs> and I'm not politically correct anyway, so it didn't matter, right? Amen. And so I called them out. I, I called them out. I says, Medicine Man, you got power. You've got your people scared. They think that you can stop, you can stop me from preaching the gospel. I said, stand up right now. Show your people the power that you have. Show them you've got power to stop me from preaching this gospel. Right here, right now. Stand up, stand up. Come on, right here, right now. And that boy, you should, if looks could kill, I would have dropped dead. Thank you, Lord. Looks can't kill. <laughs> Amen. You know what? The devil couldn't even disrupt that message. I just continue to tell the people in the midst of that, that see for yourself here and now, the devil has no power over you when you're covered under Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. When you're covered with the blood of Jesus, Satan is powerless. He's powerless. And I'm alive today and, and can testify of the God's power. They, they, got, they left, they, they couldn't disrupt the service. After service, they, got, they never came back. They, they, you know, they knew they had no power there. You, you know, it, it's a harsh thing to be showed up in front of your own people. I know how bad it hurt them. I know. I felt their pain. Yeah, it hurts to be showed off like that in front of folks, to be called out and made fun of. Oh, yeah, see, you thought Christians couldn't make fun of Satan. Oh, yes, I can. See, you, make, you try to make fun of my God all the time, and he just winks at you. You can't make fun of power. See? You can laugh all you want. You can say what you want. But when true power shows up, Satan always bows and shuts up. Always. Always. I said always. Don't want to misunderstand that. Satan always bows and shuts up. He always bows and backs up. He can't help it because he don't have any power to stand. He don't have any power to stand. I keep looking at it because I, I do that Facebook thing. I look at it. But... God is so good. God saved me from all the witchcraft and all that that was worked against me. And I, I'm going to tell you, I know how it really comes. One day, I literally felt myself almost fall on my leg. They, they, they had put one of their spells on me, and my leg went sideways a little bit. And I almost fell, and the people were like, and I got up, and I said, Satan, you're a liar. I, I shouted out in the middle of service because that's where he attacked me, in the middle of my service. And shortly after that, I started dancing around with my knees up high to show that your witchcraft has no effect on me because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Oh, amen. You, you've got to sometimes show out in front of the enemy to let him know he ain't got no power. He's going to try everything he can to bring you down, take you out. He's going to try it. He's going to try. But can I tell you this afternoon that God is so amazing. His word is so true. I just, if I'm going to dare you to do anything, I dare you to trust God's word today. I dare you to come back to a church where there's a true 
preacher or teacher of the Lord Jesus Christ. I will never, I'm sorry, everybody's going to hate me now. I will never ask you to go back to a church where you've been abused, where the preachers are preaching fluff, fluff and stuff, stuff or whatever that nonsense is they're preaching. I would never ask anybody to go to that church. But I'm telling you right here, right now, I hope this message gets out to hundreds of thousands of people. God is raising up small churches around the world that are preaching his truth and his truth only. The word of God is alive and powerful. God has brought me so, I I could tell you stories of when I was driving from meetings that I've been to where Satan tried to take me out with semi-trucks. I I could tell you a story about when I was coming to Michigan for the very first time. I was uh, in St. Louis, Missouri to get on that crazy turn area where the roads all come together and if you miss your turn you really missed it you're off it's gonna take you an hour to get your way back and a truck ran right over my car ran right over my son and my daughter was in the car when it happened and my son finally turned and looked at me and says dad what just happened I said what you saw it too He's like, yeah, he's that truck just ran right over us, Dad. Didn't you see it? I said, yeah, I saw it, son. And my daughter piped up in the back. She said, are we in heaven? I said, no, it looks like we're still on the road, honey. We're behind this truck. We're still on the road. And Tim pipes, my son pops up again and says, then what happened? How how are we here? I said, God, it was God. God stopped, God stopped anything from happening. I, I've never experienced anything like it since or before or, or since then. That was one of the most amazing experiences of my life. But it's a part of my testimony where, see, Satan always thinks he can take you out. But when God said no, God meant no. You can't take that one out. That one's mine. You can't take him out. So many times since then, after I got to Michigan and got here to the Ohio area, so many times I'm on the road going to conferences and different things that I attended. How semi-trucks, Satan tried to use a lot of semi-trucks to take me out. About seven or eight that I can think of off the top of my head. I don't have time to go into all of them. But nevertheless, it was there. And God spared us each time. And fortunately for me, it wasn't only me. It was always somebody else in the vehicle that saw what the enemy tried to do. I'll tell you one more incident where Satan tried to take me out, not with the semi-truck this time, but this time the enemy, I was preaching at the Grand Canyon up there in Arizona. Y'all know where the Grand Canyon is? Amen, Arizona? Yeah? Up there at the South Rim? Everybody familiar with that? Amen. I I had a little church up there for three and a half years. I was lead pastor up there. And I was driving up to church one one evening, and uh, I had my wife with me, and and a friend of ours from Texas was with us. And we're going about, we're clipping along there at at 65, and we were just getting up into the trees where, where we're, you know, there's a little bit of a boring road up there, but then you get into the trees, it gets real pretty, and you start seeing the elk and the deer and all that. Well, this particular evening, there was a whole herd of elk. And you know how those herds, they, they just start running. And when they're running, they don't turn around too much. They just run. And here I am, I'm clipping along at about 65 miles an hour. And we look, and here comes that herd of elk. I mean, just out of nowhere, there they are. I can't stop. I'm going to, I'm clipping 50, 65 miles an hour. I'm, 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 I'm going to church, y'all. I drive the speed limit or a little more just to get to church. <laughs> Amen. And so I'm clipping right along there. And here comes that herd of elk. And I mean, they coming. They, they're not turning. They're coming. And my wife says, you, you, 
you see that? Yeah, honey, there's nothing I can do. And the guy in the back seat goes, uh, yeah, they're going to hit us. And just as he said that, it was like a wind barrier. And they all turned. It's like their bodies brushed the side of the vehicle and turned and went back into the forest. I've never seen anything like it. It was, it was, and, the, and our friend from Texas in the back, he's like, oh my God, I thought we were dead. <laughs> you know, well, well, I thought we were too. I thought we were done. I thought we were done. But see, that was even before I'd gone to the Navajo reservation. God said, no, you can't kill this one. He's mine. And I have a destiny. I have a purpose. I have purpose in his life. And so they, Satan tried to kill me because he knows. He knows God has purpose in your life, y'all. He knows but I survived that, and I survived the reservation. But I, I want to just tell you one more, and I'm going to be done today. One more time, was say at the in the reserv, at the reservation in in New Mexico, as we were finishing up, we'd finish. I, oh, I preached for six years on the reservation. <laughs> I made the devil mad for six years. The number of man, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. I'm, I'm pretty happy about it. I made him so mad out there. Whew. I, I, I thank God every day for that precious opportunity to reach into those people's lives. I, I just want you to know before I tell that last little story, those people are still calling back to me. They're still saying, Preacher, we know you told us the truth. We know you're the one and only one that told us the truth. When will you come back and preach to us some more? And I am trying to look forward to a time when I can go back and I, I'm waiting for the monies to come back again so I can pack it up and get out there and preach to them some more. Amen. Praise the Lord. But the medicine men and the witch doctors and the skinwalkers, they'd had enough of me. And when they failed with all their other attempts to destroy me, they finally decided it was time to burn us out. And so they did. They started to fire. They burnt my tool shed down. <laughs> they sure did. All my tools was in that shed. Over 20 grand worth of tools was in that shed. And they just burnt that whole shed down. That shed get caught onto the backside of my house. I was sound asleep. It was 4 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning, 4 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, it caught on to the back end of the house. It started burning up the back, back end of the kitchen, and it was just coming on. It was just going, it was going to burn the whole complex down because we was asleep. Yeah, we was asleep. But I'll tell you something about my God. Oh, come on, somebody. God knows right where you are. He knows if you're asleep. He knows if you're awake. He knows if you're drunk or confused, but he's still got a call on you. He knows where you're at today. Can I just tell you? He knows where you're at. He's watching over you, Jesus. He's watching and he knows. He saw us all there lying in our beds asleep. A truck driver was driving down the road. He saw the flames on the house and he laid on the horn and I had a hard time going to sleep that night. So that horn didn't wake me up. Oh, but thank God it did wake up my wife. And she woke up out of sleep just because she heard the horn. And she thought, well, I'll get up and look around. And she walked out and she said, man, it's an awful bright light out the front door. And oh, my husband must have left the light on the side of the house. And so she, she thought, well, I, she's just going to go back to bed. And so she started heading back for the bed. And you know, there's a still small voice called the voice of the Holy Spirit that said, why don't you go look out the back door? Mm. My wife went and looked out the back door, and that's when she saw the fire. She saw the house was on fire. She, she come hollering, honey, the house is on fire. And I'm like, well, what? Quit being silly. Come to bed. No, the house is on fire. And I get up showing up, the house is on fire. And, you know, but God woke us up. God 
brought us out of the fire. He didn't bring me out of that fire just so Satan could whoop up on me now. I come back to here. I, I know, I, I know. I come back to Toledo. I argue with God about that. I, you know, I know better. I shouldn't argue with God. I, I do know better, but I did. I said, God, you sure you want me to go back to Toledo? He said, yep, he was sure. I, I tried to go to Texas. I even have a message where I said that. I have a message I preached years ago. If you read it, if you, if you ever saw them, I said, I'm going to Texas. And God said, no, you're not. You're going back to Toledo. <laughs> okay, God, you win. You know what Satan meant to destroy me? God turned around for my good. Oh, hallelujah. The money I made from losing all my tools, he brought me here. He said, you didn't need those tools anyhow. Most of them were antique. <laughs> he brought me here. And I'm here now in Toledo and God's fixing to open doors and make another way because there are people here that have been so destroyed by church for so long. And I've come back to Toledo, Ohio to have a new stage to tell people from which God is picking up the pieces where so many churches that were supposed to be God, were supposed to be his handiwork, were supposed to be working for him, listening to him and doing all that he says to do, but instead they've been destroying people with their own agenda, stealing your money, getting rich, flying around the world, talking about they doing wonderful things for the Lord while you're in poverty and they keep manipulating you for all your money. You need to stop going to that church. Amen. I just made a whole lot of friends right there. Mm -hmm. I know. Praise God. So I finish with this. God brought me through the fire. God brought me through the trucks. God brought me through the herd of elk. God brought me through so many different things that I have not got time to talk about today. But if you'll, if you come around or you never know where God might lead me, I might wind up in some place someday where you might be able to hear me live preaching the truth of God's word. I, I love God's word, y'all. I want, I, if I can anything, leave you with this this morning, this afternoon, whatever time of day it is, <laughs> I'll leave you with this. I love you with the love of Jesus. And the love of Jesus is not what you experienced in those churches that hurt you. That was not the love of Jesus. It was not the love of Jesus. I know precious people that went to those churches and those preachers stole their dreams, not just their money, but their dreams. I know, I, I, was, at, I was at that church, several, several where it happened, I, I know. But God says, I want to restore your dreams. And so I now, I'm now with a group, can we call our name out here on this thing? I'm now with a group of people that we call New Breed. And God is raising up a new breed of people. A new breed that won't steal your dreams, won't steal your money, but will give you the love of Jesus, teach you the truth, and let you be all that God's called you to be and help you do that, teach you how to do that. In Jesus' name, love you with the love of God. I want to once again thank you, Sarah, for letting me speak on your podcast. It's been an honor and a privilege. I, I hope I said something that will help somebody say, hey, yeah, I've been through a lot. I've been hurt a lot, but I see there's a way out. I see there's an open door. I see there's a way I can come back and serve my God the way I wanted to the first time around. And I know there's people out there now that understand the pain and the hurt I went through. In Jesus' name. Yeah. Amen. That was such an inspiring testimony and very wonderful message. And I it's been a pleasure talking with you and just having you on. It's just amazing. Thank you thank, so much. Thank you. Thank mm -hmm. you. All right.
Thank you all for listening, and I will see you in the trenches next time. Bye.